love the smell of great pub in the morning. Thank you for this book. I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey everybody, we're here, we're back. Uh, it's yes. me, COVID Cowboy Dr. Jones, uh, rocking it out in Northern Illinois. With me in studio is uh, Dr. Diego. How you doing, Matt? Uh, been better, but uh, surviving, so. Yeah. And uh, across the airwaves is uh, T-Roy, Troy Fisher. How's it going, man? Excellent, man. I'm enjoying the lovely Mother's Day Sunday. Yeah, happy. Away we're recording this. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, we we'll had a little peek behind the curtain, folks. Um, we're recording on Mother's Day. And happy, uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Did you make breakfast for Jess, Matt? Uh, bought. Okay, that works. Uh, Troy brought a life-size birthday card for his, or, car, or Mother's Day card for his mom. Where did you get that? Yeah, go bigger, go bigger, go home, man. So, because Troy has requested that we give paternity tests to all three of their children. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, wow, I'll get a new one. Matt, Matt Matt's got Hey-o. the uh, <laughs> Matt's got the ox cable. Um, uh oh. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you never know. It's uh, I also I also like that someone else has. Now, uh, what do you think of uh, Eric? Me. No. Yeah. How do you? What do you think? Of? Uh, uh, I don't think we have enough time in here, but I can polish it up with a couple words. You can't polish a turd. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, why did I give Matt an ox? I was just gonna say it's good to have someone else with the uh, with the calm, because you know, then you can then we can I can blame. Well, that was Diego playing. Oh, you're was, blaming me for all this. Yeah. So uh, no, we're um, we're happy to be here on Mother's Day. Uh, we're doing um, Born on the 4th of July. Um, speaking of uh, yelling at your mother and getting kicked out of the house. Um, <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. He, um, this, is, uh, this is a 1989 jam by uh, our, our buddy Oliver Stone. Is it 89? Right. Is that right? 89. Yeah. Resident conspiracy theorist in chief, <laughs> Oliver Stone. That's one magic bullet, Matt. Um, well, this is... Part two of his uh, Vietnam War trilogy. So we've covered Platoon. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, pause this one, go back, listen to the Platoon episode That's right. of Napalm in the Morning, because you're going to be totally lost if you don't, you know, you got to hear that one first. Uh, and then check this one out. And at some point, we'll probably get to Heaven and Earth, part three of Stone's trilogy. Yeah, so uh, this is, um, I, was, I, was, I was laughing telling Matt that, yeah, I was, one in the four on the Fourth of July, like, wow, they don't even focus on um, going to boot camp. But <laughs> he's sort of done that uh, in 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 Platoon, bit of a boot camp movie. Um, yeah, what are what are some of the awards that this one won? This is a this was a pretty major film, coming in at three hours, Matt. Not quite that long, but did it feel like three? 
it would have been a fair clip. Yeah. What did you think, Troy? I, yeah, I, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I thought it went fairly, for, fairly well. Uh, and I, I uh, compared it to like um, Full Metal Jacket where you have like, th- actually in this one, like three different parts. Or Full Metal Jacket was like, you know, boot camp is the first part. And the second part was when they were out in the shit. But uh, this one's got, yeah, like three different parts. And I, uh, yeah, I liked all three. The third one kind of, you know, it's uh, about coming back and all beat up. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. So it it won two at the Academy Awards Best Director, Oliver Stone, and Best Film Editing, uh, David Brenner and Joe uh, Hutching. Um, oh, good for you. We're very proud of them. Uh, nominated for several more best picture director actor screenplay cinematography etc um so yeah you know it was one of the movies of the year in 1989 yeah much uh much chatted about and um i think for you know for, we talked as a, as a as a topic the vietnam war had been a had been a popular box office ones but like a a, a serious treatment of the um of the criticisms of the war, um, this is a this is a pretty interesting intervention in that in mm-hmm. that canon. Um, and uh, right, it seems like Platoon Stone is not um, attempting to be political, really, with that film. And in this one, uh, the politics come through more clearly. Um, yeah, that's that's right. And and you know the I I have a like sort of a love hate with this film because it it's it's really done well and some of the, it's beautifully shot a lot of it, but um, it, we'll get to it. It has a bit of a, an overwrought quality, I think it a kind of, uh, it lacks some subtlety um, uh, at times. But, yeah. Uh, Occasionally cliche city maybe, but yeah, right, right. Exactly. Um, oh, you know, so-and-so is playing Dylan on the guitar. Well, <laughs> well, that, well, the or, Vietnam or War. Or you have the little buku. You got to go throw buku in, you know, once in a while. To, yeah, know, yeah. There's lots sound. of buku. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he must have liked that word in the war. Um, well, so let, let's let's get into it. You know, the um, it opens up with uh, with uh, our buddy Tom Cruise. He's uh, he's narrating there, and uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a nostalgic romp. A lot of the movie is for, mm-hmm. through his sort of childhood as it goes back and forth. Um, but here's a clip of him playing uh, army with his buddies. Let's uh, let's listen to that. Kids are going through the. Oh, bringing back memories. Yeah, yeah. Mine was a uh, electronic survival shot. So this is me dating myself as a you know young child. I don't know if that. I don't know if you guys had that. What Might was electronic active? survival no. shot? Yeah. You like strap this electronic thing to your head and it <laughs> connected to the gun. And so if you got shot in the head, it would like buzz, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> you're not going to. And if you got shot six times, you were done. Pretty great. Uh, we just used, we used dirt clods. That was. Yeah. We used dirt we clods. Did. Also, uh, also bottle rockets in, uh, in pipes like that you would like sort of, um, you could aim at each other and um, and then just BB guns. So like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. My dad got shot in the eye with a BB gun when he was like a little kid. 
He's okay. Uh, good times. You he, know. Made it, he made it through his own personal <laughs> Vietnam. That's how yeah. they what they influenced the Christmas story. That's uh, from your dad, maybe. <laughs> yeah, little known fact. He's getting royal. That's that's where Matt gets his family money from. Is the uh, the big money off Christmas oh, story yeah. royalties. I'm just swimming in it. And red and red rider BB guns. So. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the settlement they came out. Um, but uh, you know we. Um, so again, chock full of nostalgia. Beginning, you know, kids. He's riding his bike, and you know, right. Jimmy on, quit. Joey got married. It's a real. Um, it's Long Island, nineteen fifty six. So this is like the. Oh, this is the America that everybody dreams about, right? It's the salad days. Fake, never really existed in real life America for most people, but um, you know, it's the nostalgic city uh, sort of thing, and it's being played up here. Yeah, right. It's 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 Americana, you know, um, T birds and hula hoops, uh, and we see we see a uh, a parade. It's the <laughs> I have nineteen fifty Central for white people written in my notes. <laughs> it's very similar to where I live now. Still, really, it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, much where it's I actually, live, some places are. It looked reminding me. So it lives in nineteen fifty. Wow, this is really nice. White people. I okay. mean, it it, it, it has know, exactly. Troy because we were raised in the nineteenth century in Wyoming. So we're now uh, Wyoming's now up to like nineteen fifty. So. It has. That's true. We're getting. Forward. We're catching yeah. up finally. Yeah. So um, we see we see a Fourth of July parade, and uh, there will be um, you know an homage or a, a ghost of of Fourth of July future. Um, he'll see. Uh, he sees a wounded soldier. He does. Um, and do you know who that wounded soldier is? I don't. You don't. That is the real Ron Kovic. Whoa. I did wow. not know that. He, did, I, he didn't have his serious um, um, David Crosby hair and mustache going. So. He cleaned up for the, maybe they put a wig on it, you know, like a short haircut wig. <laughs> did you have trouble with this film, Matt, that you were, because, you know, he looks so much, David, so much of it was David Crosby and cosplay. Um, was, it, was it distracting not a, for not you? Not nearly enough, uh, like, uh, cocaine or. Okay. Um, <laughs> You could use a little more. Those Mexico scenes could have been drawn out. But we jump ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, if he was using a blowtorch to light his crack pipe on an airplane, uh, then I would have been uh, like, that's, okay. that's right out of the Crosby <laughs> book, literally. Um, yeah, if you live in glass houses, Matt, you should, you, you should live in glass pipes. You shouldn't throw stones. Teach so, your children well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's Graham Nash. Jeez, Louise, Troy. <laughs> Oh, you just stepped on toes now. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise, I knew it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a little, there's, there's a lot of, uh, oh, he's my little Yankee doodle boy. Um, and the Yankees hat. And the Yankees hat, right. Um, and obviously this is going to, we're going to see a, a different side of this later. We're going to contrast the, the happy, excited attitudes everyone has about the, the soldiers in the parades from World War II with vets from um, Vietnam. Um, you know, we're seeing fireworks. Um, he impresses with a girl with how many push-ups he can do. Um, a fun fact, that's how Matt met his wife. <laughs> yeah, she fell for that one. <laughs> how many, did, how many, how many uh, push-ups not, does it take? Yeah, nine, I think, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was sweating big time. You really stretched her. Jess, you could have, you could have, you could have aimed higher. Uh, nine push-ups, come on. Um, Should I bust the bubble of uh, the the happy couple picture right now, or, or should I let you guys keep 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 on in with this fairy tale? 
let's keep let's keep on with fairy tale. Okay, I'll spoil yeah. it later. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, he hits a home run, sprints around the bases. Little Tom does. Um, uh, you know, question his his dad is on the field, like to meet him at when he his little helicopter parent for the nineteen fifties. I feel like. Um, it's called support, you know, just supporting his son. <laughs> Get off the field during live play, parents. Maybe he was one of the coaches. Jesus. Um, Eric, it was a different time, okay? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, then, uh, then we're uh, watching a Kennedy speech and... Uh, yeah, the inauguration. Yeah, that, yeah, we're watching the inauguration. Um, ask not what, you're, what you can do. Um, what is his, what's his mom? His mom had a dream, Matt. I had a dream, Ronnie, that you were speaking to a large crowd, just like him, and you were saying great things. Oh, yeah. So, um, spoiler alert. Foreshadow. (laughs) Yeah, he will be speaking to a big crowd in 72 and 76 um, and saying big things. This is, uh, we should say Ron Kovic is the... uh, Right. This is a book based on his life. Is it Born on the Fourth of July is the title of the book, too? Yes. I, I, if you re- I haven't read it. I've not read, read that. Troy, have you read Born on the Fourth of July? Uh, just the uh, paperback. No, I haven't read it. So I, d- I, I did see that like Pacino was going to play this in the seventies. Like if they were they they bought the rights or something. Right. It got, <laughs> <laughs> got delayed for about a decade. Um, and I also saw that Charlie Sheen was um, kind of pissed that he didn't get picked to play the lead. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks is the Al Pacino of his generation. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the... Uh, <laughs> this is when Tom Hanks was doing Big still. I think Big came out in 1989, right? So Yeah, he, he, hadn't, he hadn't yet. Or he just like Sleepless in Seattle or some shit. Um, so then we're, um, you know, there's scenes. Uh, I, know, I know Troy was as excited as I was for some, some high school wrestling. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. There was... Uh, a little PTSD, man. But there was yeah. lots of Vision Quest um, going on. Um, how did you rank the wrestling skills, uh, Troy, in this uh, in this montage? They looked really realistic to me. I thought he was he was pretty he was pretty good. He'd actually done like you could tell like he um, he's also twenty six when this is being filmed. <laughs> so is he wrestling like fifteen year old high schoolers? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's not neither here nor there. Yeah, let's uh, let's listen into this uh, Burl Ganyan wrestling coach. Oh, yeah. How many points for an escape in wrestling, Matt? Do you know? Uh, get one. One escape. I knew it was a low number. He's, he's climbing the shape with one or two. Yeah. How many points if you kill the guy you're wrestling? Is that, that, is that two? 15. Oh, you win. 15. Okay. Okay, yeah, so we've got lots of... This uh, is the boot camp scene for the film. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It is, it is. Uh, um, yeah, Troy had a wrestling coach in, in middle school who was a very uh, former, former Marine. Everybody runs! Like, yeah, it was so... Everybody runs. Is he a <laughs> congressman from the state of Ohio currently? <laughs> he was a congressman from the state of Illinois, and uh, he did unspeakable things to... 
Oh, that's a different. That's a different. <laughs> different wrestling. Bad wrestling coach. Okay, I'm talking the one that's currently in office. But uh, yeah, we get. Yeah, he was National Guard for sure. I don't know if he served otherwise, but <laughs> yeah, he was definitely National Guard. So there's a there's a there's a weird scene in here, like where. Um, I was this one. Mom finds a the mom was doing looking at a search history on his on Google. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your mom threw away your best porno mag. Um, she hits him with it. Uh, in a in a weird sort of God is going to punish you. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. There was a there was a very much um, um, kind of they're laying laying the Catholicism on heavy here. Um, a Marine recruiter comes to the high school, uh, gets an inspiring speech. Who is uh, Barnes from Platoon? Yeah, he he's every time every yeah. scene every movie he's in. I'm just like he's. And uh, there are, there are, if you want to go ahead and double check this number, but I believe there are 11 cast members who are in Platoon that are in this film. Whoa. That's, uh, well, we'll keep it. I a, saw we'll it on the a, internet, so it's probably true. We'll keep a rolling, yeah. keep a rolling count. Um, it's almost like Adam Sandler in his movies. You just keep bringing the same guys in. There's nothing wrong with that. So, except a lot better quality than Sandler. <laughs> it's similar. Anyway. Yeah, this this is the this is the uh, he's <laughs> the Adam the Rob, Sandler. Who's the Rob Schneider of that <laughs> equation? Then Billy Baldwin. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've got three Baldwins to choose from in this movie. So, and uh, and Cruz is worried um, that he's gonna if he doesn't sign up right away. Um, he's inspired by the Marine recruiter. If he doesn't sign up right away, he's gonna miss out on the war. Um, and that's an actual truth of um, that a lot of boys shared. Yeah. Um, is this the scene when they're chatting at like the hot dog stand or wherever they are, or the restaurant? Yeah, that's right. The, yeah. the, the soda shop. Soda shop. Yeah. Sure. Right. There's going to be a war at some place called Vietnam. <laughs> Marines are going to be the first to go in. Better not miss out. Like, get, get in while you can. This yeah. deal is going fast, folks. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, love, I love there's one like trope in there where... Tom Cruise is like, they're like, are you going to the prom, Tom? And he's like, no, my girlfriend, she's in Canada. <laughs> he makes up like he has a fake girlfriend, like <laughs> some, somewhere. Uh, was that from 16 Candles? Yeah, he's, but he's got definitely the. Uh, he's or, or Napoleon Dynamite, where this girlfriend's a model. It's just, she's yeah. just out of, the, out of the town right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Cruise is. Uh, uh, his brother is playing Dylan on acoustic guitar back in the house. Sisters laying around all innocent and fifties. Like this is more of the, the subtlety, um, quote unquote of uh, Oliver Stone. And, uh, and then we get to, and then we get Vietnam on the TV. Right. So Tom walks into the room. But how well, Colonel, do you think the individual American Oliver Stone interviewing Dale in Dial? Vietnam. I've never seen anything uh, like it. What do you think, Dad? In real life. About that? I don't know. 13,000 miles. It's a long way to go to fight a war. But, Colonel, these people, the Viet Cong, they fought the French and the Japanese for 30 years. Do you really think they can be weeded out? I think that anything that lives in a cave can be weeded out. I just hope they send you to Europe or Korea or They can't. Someplace safe. Every Marine has a tour of duty over there. It's not like the army. And what's the matter with you anyway? Huh? You served? Uncle Bob served? I know, Ronnie, I know. And what, don't you remember what President Kenny said? 
There's not going to be an America anymore unless there are people who are willing to sacrifice. I love my country, Dad. I know, Ronnie, I know. We get a lot of exposition right, Ronnie, here. You're doing the right thing. Communism has to be stopped. It's God's will you go. Um, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Have to now. The fate of the spiritual and political world is, is uh, on your shoulders. Well, it's interesting here that, you know, in the dialogue, they're referencing Kennedy. You know, Kennedy says we got to stop communism. So essentially, Kennedy's saying, I need to go fight in Vietnam. And if you check out the 1993 film, JFK, they say Kennedy is murdered because he was trying to get us out of Vietnam. So Oliver Stone. Pick a side. Not too consistent there. Yeah, I mean, both totally plausible. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, this, uh, the, you know, but again, I guess, I guess he does it. If you do, if you aren't familiar, it's almost like I guess we we are we're a bit in the know. We have um, we we talk about these things all the time. So right, but for for a, maybe an, a a youth of the for 1980s, an eighteen year old Tom Cruise, yeah, uh, or Ron Kovic, um, right? I mean that's that's the hard sell. It's been the hard sell since Truman uh, containment. We got to stop communism where it is. Don't let it expand. Don't let it go any further. Uh, and that's essentially going to be. U.S. policy throughout the Cold War. So, you know, hey, communism is trying to, quote, unquote, expand in Vietnam. We need to go there and stop it from expanding. Yeah, so we get lots of uh, um, heavy-handed, you know, Tom is, uh, Tom's praying to God. There's lots of, like, religion in your face um, here asking him uh, what he should do. Um, And like a weirdo, Tom runs into the rain. Okay. (sighs) Like, this is, it's like the, the so, it's the classic lame, dumb thing that happens in movies. Like, boy loves girl. Boy realizes he's running out of time to tell girl he loves her. And it's raining outside, so of course he's got to run through the rain. It's just annoying. Yeah, no, I right. Mean, it's, like like, a say, it's like a say anything or like a, yeah, it's very like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Troy was really moved by that scene, though, but. I was a little choked up, yeah. For sure. <laughs> they go to the, he, he, he runs in and everyone is not like acting like it's a weird thing. He runs in wet and uh, interrupts yeah. um, the nerd she's dancing with. Nerd alert. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, we got a little clip here from uh, the band plays one of your favorite songs. Go. 100% Moon River. Whew. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Breathe easy. <laughs> Breathe easy. Uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? Just relax. Uh, yeah, for, for, for... That was for, the wrong Moon River clip, I think. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good old Chevy Chase. Uh, did, you, did you catch that, Troy? Did you... Uh, did, yeah, I did. I think it was, was that from Fletch? A good Fletch reference yeah. there. It's, Bend uh, it, over. Nice it's, to meet you, Ben. It's our stump Troy uh, challenge, um, Mr. Babar. Uh, so um, stay focused. We're not doing a fletch. Uh, yeah, that's right. There's probably a Vietnam angle in there. I think listeners, if you find a Vietnam angle in um, in fletch, I'm we sure will, we can yeah, find we, one if we really yeah, want to. Let us know at Napalm Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
don't remember, don't forget to, to Troy is still willing to tell at some point in the future, if uh, Phil's listens are in, uh, his uh, Tiger Mom story. So let's don't let that one die. Um, the, is it time to travel guys? Yeah. It's time to flash forward to Tom's second tour in, uh, Vietnam. Yeah. Should we clarify? So in real life, uh, he signs up in 64. He goes to Vietnam in 65, serves, serves a year, comes back and then goes back again to Vietnam in 67. So now we're in 1967. So let's jump forward a couple of years. The movie does this a few times where you'll, you'll skip a year, 18 months, two years. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, and again, and again, if if seen all together, you can piece together kind of Oliver Stone and and other sort of cinematic representations of the soldier's journey in more of its entirety. But we're jump clear to the second. So now, now um, Ron Kovic is a seasoned, you know, um, platoon leader in in Vietnam. Yeah, they're by the Quaviet uh, River. Um, so my guess is they're like there's a U.S. base there um, in that area, the Quaviet uh, base, which is Built in '67, they're just a little bit north. Yeah, of, they're trying to keep um, the waterway open, right? They they like dredge. They're they're like main supply. Yeah, like um, so. Th- yeah, this is an I Corps, so they are. It's near the DMZ, north of Quang Tri uh, province. Um, yeah, we're talking yeah. like ten kilometers south of the DMZ. Yeah. so it is right up there. Right, right. Um, so uh, that's the location. Yeah, and and '67, it was the uh, you know subject, subjected to a lot of artillery from the People's Army of Vietnam rocket fire from the north, et cetera. So um, this, this likely resonated with some of his, some of his experiences um, in that time period. Yeah. Um, so, well, now we're at the, now we're at a pivotal uh, moment in the movie. Um, let's ask, let's, let's ask Troy. How did you feel about the fighting scenes, Troy? I enjoyed it. Um, I guess if you're going to enjoy fighting scenes, it was, uh, I, I, I was um, a little, confused i maybe they were still using m14 since 67 but that was other than that i thought it was really well done m14 m15 uh, whatever it takes whatever it takes yeah that was the battle rifle before the m16 came out but i know nerdy but did you um the, the, you know there's a scene that seems they're trying to set up like the one of the one of the squad leaders is like Hey, you see, you see guns over there, right? You see, gu- you see rifles in that village. Yeah. And yeah. Was he setting him up pretty much? Do you think? Well, I think he was Just leading to, him to say like, yes, you do see, you know, like, super oh, like, like basically like, yeah, he's tr- trying to get him to say yes, even if he didn't see him. Yeah. Is that what you're, is that what we're getting yeah, at? That was yeah, going that's on. That's what, what was going on. I right? like how they filmed that. Cause they kind of, the camera was supposed to be from the perspective of Cruz, like his, his eyesight, like kind of darting back and forth. Yeah, and like, you're like, did I see? I don't think I see anything. He's looking yeah. at yeah. this hut. He's looking over there by the bushes. He's like, uh, saw some WMDs over there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, keep looking. Some yellow cake in we'll there. We'll find them eventually. Um, and then, uh, uh, spoiler: there are no guns over there. Um, Tom Cruise goes to check it out. Um, oh, they start shooting. Oh, they start shooting. Right. Um, it seems like it's accidental. Like, or some guys. Like somebody opens up, and then everyone. And knows. then, right. Yeah. Hold your fire. Um, and uh, they find a village, you know, with women and children, wounded and slaughtered, mm-hmm. um, kind of indiscriminately, and and you know, no guns, no 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 Vietnamese regulars or or VC there. Yeah, pretty sad scene. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a it's a gory one as well. Um, there's a particular scene that will that will haunt, and it I can only imagine PTSD. You know, he there's they're forced to leave a screaming baby. Um, right. There, you know, most of the villagers have been killed. Now he he we don't know that Ron Kovic's character, the character, has killed anyone necessarily. They didn't um, show him shooting. Yeah, I don't think he was even shooting at that point. Right, it was the others. But he's exposed to this sort of serious trauma. Um, and then the, the North Vietnamese are in hot pursuit um, on their way into that village. So they have to turn tail and, uh, and run. Um, can, I, can I point out real quick the, like the scenery, the topography that we're talking about here? Yeah. Um, most of these movies we've talked about, when you say they're in Vietnam, you know, we think of jungle, like thick foliage, green. In this scene, it is in sand, you know, it is, and they're kind of yeah. like on the dunes. And I just thought that was, you know, an interesting difference from, uh, you know, the quote unquote typical Vietnam that uh, we've seen in a lot of these films so far. You know, it's dry, it's sandy, there's not big trees everywhere. Um, and yeah, so, it, it would have been, you, you're, you were, you would have been exposed for sure. Right. Um, in, in, in the, and in the melee, in a, in a sort of, Beautifully shot, but you know, tragic scene. Uh, a soldier comes up over to the, you know, everyone's getting shot at from every direction. Soldier runs over the hill, an American soldier, and um, Ron shoots him several times. Right, he Pat Tillman's his own guy, except it wasn't on purpose, like it was to Pat Tillman. Oh, so, well, it's yeah. Oliver Stone, you've so said, it's you've conspiracy said, theory. You said too much. I, uh, yeah. said too much. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then. Um, he feels he feels conflicted about it, seriously, and so he goes to tell the right. commanding officer. Right. And um, yeah, he's kind of like, what what happened? What happened? What happened? Um, like he can't even like believe that he did it. Uh, and then he goes to his CEO and he you know says, "I killed Wilson," and the commanding officer just kind of, I don't think so. You know, just brushes it away. Gets kind of pissed at him for even bringing it up. Yeah. No. That there's a. Uh, um, you can tell, you know, there's a, this is a, this is going to be a part of the stone cover up. You know, this is a, maybe a lower level than the Kennedy assassination, but, um, yeah. But well, this is the same guy that he told that nobody from Georgia was, had gotten killed yet. Cause the guy was from Georgia and he was concerned and, and, uh, Ron said, Oh, we haven't seen yeah. anybody from Georgia get it killed. Is that so right when he said uh, that to me, I would have been like, all right, I'm leaving. Because whenever anybody says nobody <laughs> yeah, right. from XYZ place <laughs> yeah. has been killed yet, you know that they're done for. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, then, uh, then they're out on patrol, and we get some... This is another flash forward. So we're in January yeah. of 68 now. I think it was January 20th. So just pre-tet. Some, uh, you know, we get some Af- African-American soldiers with some scream time here. Very um, rare. Very although, rare. Yeah, although not, not a lot. Um, well, a couple seconds. A few. Um, yeah. And then um, Ron gets shot in the heel, and a pretty, yeah. pretty gruesome. They're ambushed. Yeah, wound, and he goes down. Um, a pretty intense fighting scene. Lots of slow mo. Ah, while he opens up like the you know, <laughs> yeah. slow mo machine gunning with slow mo screaming, um, which I think is mandatory in every war movie. So Troy, tell us about a gun jam. This is a big factor in um, 
Ron can't get his gum to fire. Why do those guns jam, Troy? <laughs> they can get too hot. They can get dirt in the chamber. There's a lot of reasons, but uh, those were pretty. Uh, I don't know. The, I don't. Think they, they were they, pro- they, pro- been much they were an prone issue. to. But they were a lot easier to get the unjammed than an M16. I mean, they had a big bolt. You could slam it on the ground and bust it open. But then again, if you're getting shot at the same time, that might make it a little difficult. Plus, your back of your foot shot off. That doesn't probably help either. So, uh, But yeah, it, it happens. I mean, the M16, they had a lot of issues because they weren't using the right powder at the time. They didn't know. And so these guns were just jamming up. Like it was too hot? Because like it was... Because of the wrong powder, yeah, things were it, the chamber. Things were getting dirty, and they just weren't running right. But the M14 was pretty. Uh, uh, it was that wasn't definitely not really an issue very often that you would have a gun jam. But you got to you got to throw that in the movie to make it interesting, I guess. So, but he's shot multiple times in the chest, standing there. Yeah, there's long. Slow, dramatic music playing, and then right when he's hit in the chest, it, like, just goes to dead silent. Right, um, right. And, and, and again, a bit from his perspective, the movie is sort of yeah. scenes of it for, like, you know, the, the, the lens flips upside down, sort of yeah, showing what he would see. So I believe in real life the first guy that came to rescue him got killed, actually. Um, and it was the second guy that got to him that got him, that oh, saved really? him. Um, they don't show that in the film, um, but they do show him being kind of carried out on the shoulders of um, of a fellow soldier. Yeah, and then um, and then a, a pretty a kind of a, a a tense, good scene cinematically is this chaotic field hospital. Mm, yeah, it just yeah. I mean, you felt anxiety, right? There's just people crammed. Uh, it's not as fun as Mash made it look, you guys. Not as funny, yeah, either. Not as yeah, hilarious yeah. or as clinging when you need him. Um, yeah, no, there, there, are, there are patients crammed everywhere. Like, people are, they're, like, totally going. Like, so he's been shot three times, twice in the chest, once in the heel, and he's not the top priority for, mm-hmm. for life-saving. No, and they're showing, I mean, it's, it's pretty graphic. Um, essentially, it's just death everywhere. Um, and the way it's filmed is, it's real well done. Um, you, I mean, it's kind of this harrowing, intense yeah. scene, and Cruz is giving his last rites, and, you know, he thinks he might be, might be on the way out. Yeah, and then, and then again, we flash, you know, and so in, in some of it I actually began appreciating that we didn't have to have how he transferred from the field hospital to the suddenly we're in the Bronx mm-hmm. in 1968. Um, and I mean, our brains can fill in the gaps like, Oh yeah. So he, he was hurt there pretty bad. Now he's alive, but he's right in this terrible. Um, how would you guys describe this, 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 the sanitation level in this um, veterans hospital he's in? Slim to none, and Slim just walked out the door. I mean, pretty much. So there were rats and everything. Oh, uh. You are correct, sir. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, not 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 good. Pretty gross. We've seen um, when we covered uh, coming home. Uh, if you have not listened to that episode, 
next, you're probably going to be lost to everything where you say coming forward. So why don't you pause this? Pause one, it right now. Go back and listen to the coming home episode, and then after cut. platoon, that'll yeah. make more sense. Yeah, after platoon. platoon. So you've got about you got to book about six hours um, <laughs> of homework. Um, so they they have make sure you like them too. Some similar uh, scenes of, of just kind of. I don't know, mistreatment, maybe not mistreatment, just like non-treatment of yeah, yeah, neglect. Um, Rats on the, literal rats on the floor. Drug use by patients and by orderlies. orderlies. Um, I guess in coming home, they were like in LA, like, you know, so maybe it wasn't quite as uh, gross as. uh, Right. They could have, they could go outdoors. Right. Um, (laughs) They're they're hosing them off like animals. you know, a scene that kind of uh, uh, hit home for me, and sort of, you know, having to take care of some 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 elderly and hospices. You know, the like the the just how trying to clean people off and try. I mean, it, it is it is a um, it's 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 vivid, and mm-hmm. and <laughs> you feel the anxiety just yeah. immediately. This is no. well done, and I mean, you know, the people that do that job, I mean fantastic and great that they do it but at this time you know the va is underfunded understaffed and um oh yeah totally um and uh and the, there's a there's a there's a scene in the va uh let's uh let's uh let's check it out where they're um we got footage of the 1968 um election in chicago or of the uh the convention the convention yeah. in chicago and and uh Cruz is, I think, for the first time, Ron is is kind of exposed to hashtag what's going on. Here we go. Chicago has an Alice in Wonderland quality about it. Things are getting curiouser and curiouser. Everywhere you go, there's a sign reminding you that the city had its... Yeah, I love it or leave it, you fucking bastards. Burn the flag, William. Fucking burning the American flag. Come on, let's look alive. Come on. So, not taken kindly to the uh, protests on the street. How many did you do yesterday? Three. Yeah, there's there's the common um, love it or leave it. Um, this is very kind of truck nuts culture. Um, we fight for rights over You know, attitude. Um, and I guess if I were a, if I were a wounded soldier, I might feel I might feel a little the same. Um, there's a there's a there's a pretty great scene with one of the older orderlies that uh, sort of brings up the race issue. That let's watch this and talk about it a bit. I'm serious, man. It ain't about burning the flag in Vietnam, man. Why we fight for rights over there? We ain't got no rights at home. It's about Detroit and Newark, man. It's about racism, man. Is that right? But you can't get no job at home. Yeah. Vietnam is a white man's war, a rich man's war. Where's my money? <laughs> Serious, you gotta read some books, man. There's a revolution going on, COVID. Brothers are getting it together, and if you ain't part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. So yeah, the, this is this is where we the, where Vietnam and the sort of intersectionality of Vietnam and the civil rights movement mm-hmm. are are coming together. Um, pretty, pretty powerfully. Um, right. Not for Cruz. I mean, he's not really interested in he- hearing it. Um, you know, he kind of dismisses it. Um, yeah. But, sort of like the privilege argument, like where's my, I'm not a rich man, you know, like, right. so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we've briefly talked before in this podcast about, you know, issues of 
race and the impact that that had. And not just with respect to what's going on in Vietnam, but just with respect to uh, the changes in civil rights movement going on in the United States at the time and how that contributed to polarization and fractionalization uh, politically in the country. Um, and so to so this um, orderly at the, at the VA, you know, to him, Vietnam doesn't mean much of anything, right? He's, he's more concerned with, you know, issues that impact him personally. And what that is, is Newark and Detroit. And it's not like they don't. Yeah, they're, they're both justifiable for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you've got to justify it somehow if you're fighting, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, most, most famously, maybe Muhammad Ali, you know, made yeah. this point that like, look, um, I don't even have rights here. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to go, we're going to go fight um, and, you know, take, take those away from someone else, um, you know, in, a, in, a, in this country that doesn't care about me and wants me to go give up my life. And so that's a, that's a, that's a consciousness that is a very different one than World War II or, or, or Korea. We hadn't seen that. Um, and so this is, and, or, or maybe in, in 1965, now we're seeing sort of full, full bloom, um, that kind of, uh, black nationalist, um, war criticism sort of yeah. com- coming together. There's a, there's a, there's a, another kind of, uh, gnarly scene of him, uh, we'll play it here of him, his situation in the VA where he wants to be treated like a human being. It's kind of powerful. I thought. I want my leg, you understand? Can't you understand that? All I'm saying is I want to be treated like a human being. I fought for my country. I am a Vietnam veteran. I fought for my country. So Fucking, I deserve to be treated for, for, for decent. Vietnam, decent. Vietnam. I heard that right, you fuck. Vietnam don't mean nothing to me, man. Or any of these other people. You got it? You see, you can take your Vietnam and shove it up your ass. Go on, Harvey. Go on. Go on, Jack. No, I don't need this. Hey, you fuck! So yeah, we see. Um, we we should say he's 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 disabled. Um, he's he's paralyzed. Um, right. He has, chest, he has chest down. Chest down. He has use of his arms, um, but he's paralyzed uh, from the chest down or waist. Uh, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Um, I guess where he hit in the. He says right here that a bo- bullet hit his spinal cord when. When it was obviously went into his chest, so he's yeah. from the chest down. He's paralyzed, um, and uh, and then he's um, he's trying to walk. Well, not walk, but like oh, yeah. use crutches to get around, and he falls yes. and total compound fracture of like it's like his thigh bone or something, right? Like sticking like six inches some out Joe, of his leg. Some Joe Theismann kind of stuff going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh. Reality check that happened actually when he was at college. Um, so after he got out of the VA initially, he went to college for a little bit and it happened, I think like in his dorm room or something like that. It happened to him. He, he had a compound yeah. fracture. Yeah. And so then he had Ooh. to go back to the hospital again. And, oh God. and so, and he, you know, he says in the film there, you know, they're saying I, we could just chop that thing off. You'll be out of here in two weeks. And he says, no, I want to keep the leg. So he's got to be immobilized for, he's in this thing for four months. Yeah. And this weird, like sort of sandwich contraption to keep him immobile and uh, all the, all the blood pump, which malfunctions, which malfunctions. It's uh, keeping his leg fed. And then um, it's a real cliffhanger because when it, when it flashes forward again to 1969, Massapequa and he's coming home, you think, expect him to come out 
an amputee maybe out of that out of the car but he uh he doesn't instead there's a the neighborhood comes out to meet Ronnie mm. um you know the 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 war hero yeah um you look good hey you look good hey <laughs> hey Ronnie you look yeah. good hey mom you look good hey dad dad you look good Every, look you look yeah. good i'm not ex- it, that must have been said 15 times right i mean him saying it to other people and other people saying it to him like it <laughs> Right. It feels like you're, it feels like you're forcing this. You look good because this, this, is it possible? Is, is anyone had a worse haircut than, than he has in, at this film, <laughs> Tom Cruise. It's like telling me my hair looks nice pretty much. Hey-o. So, yeah. Hey-o. Uh, Troy, you're, you're, uh, we should, for the listener, um, it's unfortunate you can't see Troy's glorious, uh, glorious? handlebar mustache. Um, it's really, <laughs> Actually, finding its legs, so to speak. Um, it's got legs, yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to three-year-old late, Eric, <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, he looks terrible, um, mainly because of his hair. Terrible. Uh, yeah, terrible. Um, he uh, then he, you know, he's he started reuniting them with the, with the family. And uh, yeah, so let's hear the let's hear the conversation that he has with his uh, family. Uh, Ronnie does when coming back from from the VA. Bring the flag to demonstrate against his son to cover the paper today. Give him no respect. Again with the I have flag no idea burning. what's going on over there, Mom. You know, the men that are sacrificing their lives, people are dying every day over there. Nobody back here even seems to care. It's a bunch of goddamn shit, if you ask me. Ronnie, don't take the Lord's name in vain. In front of the children. I agree with everything you say. But you know, I serve my country, and they just want to take from it. Just take, take, love it or leave it. That's what I think. Then the other side is angry. No, because we're not winning the war. How can we win a situation like that? How can we win? Tommy, what's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. Anybody listen around here? Tommy. What? It's his Tommy's brother. Gonna fail English. He doesn't start working on himself. He doesn't believe in the war. <gasps> what? My God. He thinks we're doing the wrong thing over there. He thinks it's all a mistake. Mistake? What is this? Uh, spit it out. You believe in demonstrators? Huh? I, what? No. You don't talk anymore. What is this true? You don't think we're right? I just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with everything you're saying. Okay? I don't think you understand. What does Tommy know? I don't understand. He's hanging around with those creepy long hairs who Come take on, drugs. Mom, that's, 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 that's not the reason. What do they know? <laughs> Have they ever worked? What's for the reason, living? Tommy? You want to burn the flag? Tommy, what is it? You want to bring down this country? All right, then he's chasing him around the table, kind of. He goes like full Sean Hannity circa 2004 on him. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah, love it or leave it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. He's truck nuts. Well, and- I, I can totally understand. I mean, Tommy used to work on the docks, and, uh, you know, the union's <laughs> been on strike, and he's down on his luck. <laughs> I mean, it is tough. I mean, so, it's, I, mean it's, I can understand that. It's tough. You are correct. So tough. Yes. <laughs> uh, you had to do it, didn't you, Troy? Um, and uh, so then the, uh, his, his, I guess not his buddies, but the, the, the vets come to pick him up for a parade. Now, it's, it's the 4th of July parade, 1969. Um, right. The, the summer of 69, I might add. Um, he's... Uh, He's riding in a convertible, um, you know, protesters in force. Of course, the hippies are ruining everything. God. 
Um, lots Very of hippies. <laughs> lots of lots of blank stares and and then fingers. Yeah. Um, with people with great hair. Yeah. I mean, number one. Are you saying they're giving him number one? Yes. Fingers. I think Is that's that what, what that number finger one? means, right? In certain cultures, something like that. Um. Yeah, he and, he is. Um, there's like fireworks going off around him, and he's kind of, you know, flinching, and you know, like at every kind of explosion from the firework. And that actually, I think we forgot to mention it during the parade at the beginning of the film when the veterans are going down the road. There are also fireworks going off, and you can see the real Ron Kovic and other vet. You know, maybe another vet was kind of doing the same thing, sort of like had like a little flinch, like uh you know, like kind of a mini flashback sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can only imagine like, um, you know, and he, and he's trying to be like, the scene is pretty, is pretty powerful because he's, you know, he's brought in to like counteract all of the criticism of the war. Uh, right. And so he is on a big dais and he's up there, um, in his full sort of Marine dress and, um, at the, at the, at the hearing at this sort of support the troops sort of rally. Yeah. He, you know, he's saying sort of the blanket kind of like, you know, stuff, and then, um, and then he hears a baby cry, right. um, and he's he's snapped right back into, you know, um, Vietnam and this traumatic incident right. he had. That same baby that uh, he left in that in that little village. Yeah, and so this, he he just he just can't. Um, he can't say anything. He's just sitting there and they sort of wheel him off and yeah, yeah. And continue on. And um, then the guy continues his xenophobic speech. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they mentioned there's six, um, they've lost six young men in that, in that town. Yeah. Um, in, in the war, two of them were brothers, not a huge town. But um, yeah. right. And, um, so they, they're mentioning, you know, the, the, you're mentioning the families that that are there of uh did you notice young the, men that are lost the first one they said like you know oh, he died and then we got a street named after him and the other one's like well we can't just keep naming streets after there's a lot of people are dying there's right. six <laughs> streets in this town like um yeah no yeah it was that was that was pretty well done i thought um and the ptsd scene too yeah uh in real life he this does happen he does not give a speech though like in real life he's like up there on a uh, on a stage, uh, just kind of behind the whoever is speaking, um, and he does meet Timmy, who we meet right now in the film. Comes up to fellow him right, fellow vet, fellow vet, fellow buddy from yeah, but, from high school, I guess, right? Yeah, or or even one of the from you know from childhood from childhood, yeah. Um, so you know they took a little bit of a liberty there in the film, but uh, yeah. So now we now we're introduced to Timmy. Yeah, and Timmy Timmy. <laughs> Timmy is a little more um a little more seasoned. Um, you know, um, It seems like he's been back a little longer and Yes. Um and uh and so he he's gonna factor in later. Um and while also good old Donna. Oh Donna. Um Kira Sedgwick, um America's sweetheart. Kevin Bacon's sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah, another this this is kind of like still married? seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. I just assume so everyone in Hollywood gets divorced, so I don't know. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and uh, and we find out that she's organizing it. He goes to meet her, I think at in another, Syracuse. At, in, okay, yeah, right, right, at, at at university, and she's 
um, organizing the, a, a demonstration about um, Kent State. Right. Um, so now we know we're, you know, probably May of uh, 1970. Yeah, and 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 of course, um, you know, Kent State is the infamous um, shooting of or for American protesters at at that campus, and um, uh, yeah, protesting the invasion of Cambodia. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we just actually passed the uh, 51st anniversary of that uh, a few days ago, May 4th. Yeah, and so that's a, you know, that that's a, if you talk to um, uh, Matt and I just finished a, uh, a great series with sort of some retirees who were in the lifelong learning who were about the Vietnam War, gave you some guest lectures and I don't know your experience, but I had, a, I had several of them brought up, like Kent State, as I sort of asked them, like, when did your consciousness about sort of the wider war in Indochina. And they're like, Oh, Kent state. Like mm-hmm. that's when, you know, we, we heard about camp, you know, Cambodia and Laos before, but it really became, I'm joking with my presentation of Laos. Well, that's when it hits home. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause they're the age they, they probably were college ish age at that time. Um, and Hey, the war, the war, <laughs> the war are, we have a war on our college campuses. Um, yeah, and the, and let let's and she let's let's hear her explain it here. She she's talking to uh, she's talking to Ron Tom. We've got this Kent State demonstration tomorrow, and I'm on the organizing committee. Oh, Kent State, you know, I heard about that. It was, Jesus, terrible. It's terrible. When I saw that girl lying in that pool of blood in the parking lot at Kent State, I kept on thinking of that poster of the children that were killed at Mi Lai. And I kept on thinking about you over there. And all the boys who've died, who've sacrificed their bodies and, and their minds. He's pretty conflicted here. What like... is so wrong, Lonnie? It's so wrong. I just had to do something. We oh, shoot, this is terrible. <laughs> Don't need arms. Is this a coat? Is we, this the old coat commercial? We don't need arms. Yeah. We need hands. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, they've heard me complain, but how do you have a big budget Vietnam War movie with such terrible music in it? Like this is this is maybe the greatest sixty-five to seventy-five. Come on, Stone. Like, ugh. well, I want some credence at the bar that they were having that conversation. We just heard the the excerpt from. If one it starts cover. with a woman covering uh, Dylan playing in the coffee house. Yeah, um, and she she did fine, I think. But that was Edie Brickell and New, New Bohemians, Bohemians, by the way. Oh, it was Sons uh, the Bohemians? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, I didn't know that. But um, um, yeah, I said she did fine. Um, but I, again, it's a, another cover version. It's not the real thing. Yeah, pay for the goddamn rights. We have the same thing with CCR, Born on the Bayou. It, it, the name of your film is in that. Oh, okay, I'll get off my soapbox here, but. Come on. Um, All right. So then she asks, uh, they're, you know, they're heading toward, I'm not sure what building they're in front of or they're going into, but she says, hey, do you want to come with? Do you want to come in? And his, um, he hits the first step with his chair. And. Yeah, it was like total. Yeah. It was very weird. (laughs) She's she's totally like. Dissing him or, or not just like, well, get up. It's a very, I'm trying to think what film is that. Well, get, get up yourself. Like, like, 
um, hazing him or something. Well, I think it was like a symbolic break. Like, this is as far as this relationship is going to go sort of thing. It's kind of some Norwegian wood kind of theme. Yeah. yeah. Um, asked me to sit. Yeah. And I noticed there wasn't a chair. Except he's in a chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway. No, but because okay, when she's going on and on about the war and he and he like changes the topic back to, hey, remember when I ran in the rain and we danced and I wrote you all those love letters when I was in Vietnam and stuff. Wasn't that great? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, <laughs> those were long letters. Is what she says. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. About the protest. Um, so I think I think that's the sim- like the the step is like the symbolic Did break in their relationship. Like this is as far as you're going to get. COVID. Um, and. Now, now should I royal uh, ruin the, the fairy tale? Yeah, why don't you ruin that for us? Donna is not real. What? She's a figment? She's not a real person. She's created for the film. Oh. She's a Jenny? Jenny's real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, she, so so you, what you're saying is that a lot of this is based on his actual experiences, but then... Right. But then this party and yep, there's no like you know long lost love, you know, and he's writing letters home to Donna or whatever. Um, the crush of his life since he was you know yeah. ten years old um, doesn't doesn't exist. It's not a, not a real person. So, wow, thanks, I'm so, thanks, dude. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. She, she I'm just did. gonna put on some La Bamba, some O'Donna, and just gonna live my own little dream. Then fine. <laughs> Did you say La Bamba? <laughs> Richie Valens, sorry. Okay. Hey, if you're, if you're living in a dream, then you know what? That plane made it safe. Go ahead. There. You know, if you're, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're living in Thank a you. dream. Thank you. Yeah. The big bopper's still here, too. Good. I'm glad to hear. You are correct, sir. Maybe that's what... <laughs> yes! Oh, baby, that is what I like. Um, so... The, the, uh, so then we're treated to an anti-war protest. So they go the next right. day... Um, yeah, I think it's the next day. They're at a large protests. And I think this is the first time he sees, and it happens to be a black soldier that's, you know, criticizing the war and then rips the medals off of his shirt and throws him into the crowd. Yeah. And supposedly that's Abby Hoffman, too. Oh, yeah, right. Next to Abby. When is never actually at Syracuse. It, and it's a, if it is, it's a bad Abby Hoffman impersonator. Yeah, well, there's a few issues with this scene, but... <laughs> um. The, the, now, okay, this, this, they depict the police brutally cracking down. They're clearing, it's like, it's, they're clearing it out like a Trump photo op. You know, they got (laughs) to come in and, and just clear the, clear the way. So they're just cracking skulls and taking names. And, um, in real life at the real, (laughs) at the real, uh, Kent State protest at Syracuse, uh, it was peaceful. Uh, the, yeah, so it was a low energy protest. There were there were police there, but there was no there was no violence or um, on on either side. That will be proven out bigly. Okay, those are my clips. Okay, he's he's out finally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, then then uh, then we go forward and in in time pretty quickly, and uh, um, Ron is a war critic. Um, yeah. So this is the one time that I'm I'm bitching here, like in a, in a three hour movie. This is the one thing I'd like them to like go into more time about, like his transformation, um, 
because because you know he's mm-hmm. for the first time seeing a shoulder soldier rip his medals off, and then he is full fledged. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, In real life, um, the first time he gave up uh, spoke at a a protest was at one of these post Kent State rallies. Uh, I'm not sure where exactly, but so. I, I guess whatever in, in his real life, whatever was sort of bubbling there, like anti-war sentiment was kind of coming out earlier than it's sort of shown in the film. Because in the film, when he's at that, the protest with uh, Kira Sedgwick, um, he's just kind of there. You know, he doesn't, he's not going, yeah, yeah, he's not really participating in the protest and he's... You know, not doing anything. But doesn't he get like smacked in the head with a baton? That kind of maybe might might, might change your mind too. I mean, you're in a wheelchair and you get hit with a baton in the head. Yeah. So that might. And that did happen to him at other protests. It just didn't happen at the Syracuse one. So I think Stone was trying to, um, you know, combine the experiences of being at some of these protests into one sort of scene that he could have in the film. But. You know, it didn't happen. Well, I saw the theme too with the with the African American soldier in the beginning carrying him out when he was, you know, wounded, and then they carried him out again in the protest. Same situation, kind of. It was kind of a cool theme. I thought, kind of brought mm-hmm. it back. Um, anyway, just thoughts. Yeah, and and uh, you know, he's he's a he's a, an angry now sort of um, he, protester to the war. Um, yeah, we're not exactly sure what year it is now. They don't show, do they? Yeah, it's got to be before 70, because Mexico, they say, is 70, so this is... Well, Kent State's in 70. So this is a quick transformation, then. His, hair's, his hair is longer, and he's got a mustache. The flow, they say in 70, so there might be some issues with the continuity in the, in the film. Okay. But, um, he's got the mash hairdo, the 1950s, uh, by the way, mash hairdo that was uh, <laughs> Korean War. I love, the, uh, I love when those guys are, like, wearing... <laughs> their full seventies hair, like screw it, we don't care. We're in a sh- great show, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm being random here. <laughs> and he gets in a fight with a, a World War II vet, and who calls? Yeah, him a he's traitor. playing pool, shooting the shit, getting wasted, and talking bad about Vietnam. And yeah, that that other Marine takes takes a bit of offense to that, and uh, they almost get into a fight. Hey, Matt. Question, Will. Matt. I'm asking you a question. I understand. Matt, I'm asking you a question. Yes. Um, how do you feel about his drunken fight with his parents? Oh, I had, a, I had something I wanted to say real quick before that, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the young, young lady that's there at the uh, pool hall that uh-huh. he tries to get his Matt Getz on uh, okay. with. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> she, she looked like she was like 15. She was so young, yeah. yeah. A college student at most, like maybe high school. Like, hey, you should come to Mexico with me. Are you gonna come to Mexico with me? What's weird is they found it on his uh, on his Apple Pay. As uh, it said, you yeah, know, he like, Venmoed her <laughs> tuition, um, <laughs> tuition and a trip flight to Mexico. Um, yeah, not for sex is what he said. In right, the, right. Um, yeah, we we see we see. Uh, uh, let's listen to um, his... Sorry, now, now you can yeah. ask me the question. You're okay. Sorry. Question, Will. Matt, I'm asking you a question. I understand. Matt, I'm asking you a question. Um, 
Kill her, Dad! They're killing everyone now! I didn't force you to go! Yes, you did! Yes, you did! Mom. And it's all falling apart! King Kennedy, Kent State! Hey, man. We all lost the fucking war! It's not my fault! Fucking communism won! It's all for nothing! True, Ronnie. How do you know? What do you know? Communism one, Matt. It's all for nothing. Oh man! Just like Ronnie said. <laughs> Ronnie Reagan. Be my little baby. Was, uh... Exactly. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I thought that scene was pretty intense. Um, and the, I, I thought everybody that did a did a nice job in that. Uh, I guess it's mostly the mom and him. Uh, the dad is kind of, you know, sort of hanging at the on the peripheral of the uh, yeah. of the bullfight, you know. Right. And like the mom feels it's some like spiritual violation that he's having. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then everybody's favorite part of the film. Um, let's just do a little bit of this. Penis, Ron. Oh, no, not with the catheter. For God's sake, penis. Oh, God. Eli. I can't stand it anymore. The hell with you? Get in the wolf. The church, they say it is a sin if you play with your penis. I just wish I could. Don't say penis in this house. Penis. Penis, big fucking erect penis, mom. Penis. Penis. He won't let go. What can I do? What can I do? I don't even got time to learn how to use it. It's gone in some jungle, some fucking jungle over in Asia. I think Lynn... Linda has that in her bathroom, right? Like, uh, and one of those nice little boards over the, like the, um, bless this mess. Like don't say penis in this house. It's, it's, it's right below, uh, yeah. Home is where the heart is and, um, live, laugh and love. I think it's right below those two. So. <laughs> My problem with this scene is as funny as it, it is, is that I thought it, it was so, um, it took away from a really great scene right before that. Like the, a bit like, mm-hmm. It, it made it funny. It made me laugh at instead of the, 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 the crying scene about communism and his mom. Like, you could feel that. Then, then, like, it seemed to, this may have been organic, but it was still, like. Well, then, at the end, you know, he's, you know, he says, you know, something like, I never got to use it. And then it cuts to his, his, his dad carrying him, kind of, you know, tucking him in bed, emptying the catheter out and everything. And he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, who's going to love me, dad? You know, who's, what do I do? Who's going to, nobody's going to love me. and um. I mean, I, it's just so tough to think about somebody yeah. being in that situation. And he's a young guy, you know, early 20s. And the, the, yeah, I mean, we don't understand how like, so how many things radically changed for men and women in those few years, like just like world upside down, things yeah. that they believed fundamentally like. Yeah. And he's. I, you know, yeah, just at a, just snap of it a finger, you know, he doesn't, he, he can't be, as he says earlier in the, or I think he says, I want to, I want to be a man again. He says to his dad, I want to oh, be a man no. again. And, um, he can't and he never will be able to. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Hey guys, we got a, uh, speaking of dark, we got a call coming in. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, take that, uh, hello, you're on the air with, uh, Napalm in the morning. Hey, how's everybody doing over there? T-Roy, Matty J, and the COVID cowboy. 
It's Werner in the house. How are you guys doing? Werner, nice Excellent. to have you. Yeah. Dirty Kraut. Yeah, I just, I just think that this movie, you know, it's, it's affecting me in, in ways that I've wasn't ready for. <laughs> I think the penis scene takes something away from the, the gravity. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I think well, there was a lot of gravity. Hey, yo. Matt, <laughs> in the, Matt was a zinger. Yeah, gra- gravity working against everything by the penis. Yeah, it could, be a, it could be a real theme. Um, yeah, I think that his uh, communism has won. God is dead and we have killed him. Um, That's so short-sighted, you know? I mean, come on. There's plenty of time left to go in this Cold War story. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you guys have got to go. Run out. Javier <laughs> Jane. Yeah, he. Uh, well, I, I <laughs> lose that phone number. W- when he, uh, why don't you guys tell me? And I go not go to the bathroom. And when uh, when Bernard comes in here, um, so we're now th- a scene that a, co- a whole scene that could have been out of the movie to make it shorter, but um, I guess uh, um, and is kind of problematic. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, so so, but but with one of the best actors, my favorite, Willem Dafoe, Elias. See, he wasn't dead. Yeah, they left him there, and then what did he do? He, he got himself to uh, Villa Dolce, Mexico. Yeah, so we're not really left. We're not. We don't really explain that he's kicked out of the house, and then suddenly we're in Mexico, nineteen seventy. With uh, and there seemed to be a lot of in- injured. Disabled uh, vets. In right. This, um, do we know anything about this place? This yeah, it's not real. Well, I heard it was in Guadalajara, actually, instead right. of where it's placed, and it was an actual. Uh, there were soldiers that were recuperating there, but not in this particular instance. It wasn't along the. Yeah, it's not ocean. on the ocean. It's not full of Vietnam vets. It's full of vets of World War Two, Korea, and also Vietnam. And it's kind of like a, like a housing compound of sorts. Essentially, it's um, so their money goes further there. Is that what they're why they? Yeah, and um, you know, for a lot of them that have trouble sort of getting back into society, reacclimating, you know, especially if they're you know in a wheelchair or something like that. Um, this is, I guess, a fresh start, some place to, you know. Well, and you can get better. You know, shockingly, you get better care than the VA. Almost anywhere you can get better care. But the but you know you can you could have like home health care in a way that you couldn't afford it back in the eighties. So, yeah, yeah. So um, this is supposed to be like a stand-in for like like many group homes of of veterans from you know several wars, as I mentioned. Um, you know, shocking maybe to some of you viewers of the film. Um, not every woman in Mexico is a sex worker. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, the whole thing is set either in a brothel or in a cab. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, they would do more than just have sex in real life. Um, not that they didn't do that, but. I, I, will, I will say that there was, there, there's a scene where he's with one of the sex workers in, in the room, and it's kind of, like, powerful where, you know, he's, she's, she's, like, you know, she has her clothes off and she's coming on to him, and he's like, no, it, you know, I'm paralyzed, like, don't take my pants. You know, he's, he's, he's embarrassed and he's like, and yeah, she it doesn't um, work. And yeah. And I so I don't feel anything. 
you can maybe for the first time he's treated like a human being, like she, um, and of course that may have been, um, you know, ad-libbed and fantasized that this depiction, but like it, I thought it was done, um, you know, they, they could have had other treatments of women in Mexico that weren't sex workers. Well, yeah. And he, you know, starts crying, you know, during, um, and yeah, I wasn't sure. I don't know what you, was he, was he crying because somebody's like actually paying attention to him and it's kind of like a almost not feeling sorry for him right. or, or is it like a, once again, a realization of like, this is as yeah. good as it's going to get. Maybe all of those things. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was weird, like this, it, this yeah. superfluous scene, but it has one, I think the one of the best in the film, that, that little moment right there. But, um, and he does, I mean, I, Tom, Tom is good in the movie. I mean, he's, he, he, he does. He's, like, he's good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, oh, we, you, you skip the one line. Oh yeah. We get the, now this is interestingly, um, we get the best line in the movie, one of them. And, um, you know, which is weird because Troy has this tattooed on his lower back for some reason, but it says, he says, if you ain't got it in the hips, you better have it in the lips. And then William Defoe. <laughs> God. I did get that removed. I was watching a lot of Gene Simmons when he was like, you know, with the blood and the tongue. And I'm like, you know, yeah, that sounds like a great, we've all been there to go by. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, I probably should get that removed. So, but yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, Hey, you got that thing. Ain't got that swing. Yeah. It was uh, like a, um, the, the, you know, Defoe gets him. He's yelling it. Said that this, you know, one of the sex workers is laughing at him and they get them kicked out of the home. Yeah, can I can I ask a question? Like, he said that she was like laughing and making fun of of, of his penis, and you know, the fact that he you know couldn't get an erection. I mean, don't they don't they know where their bread is buttered? Like these the sex workers, like don't they aren't yeah, they aware right. of like this is what we what we're doing One here? One of the and fictions like, you have to maintain yeah. is this, yeah, right. And so you know you'll get paid if you just you know do what you got to do and like. um so that that when when essentially the whole <laughs> Mexico situation for seventeen minutes is <laughs> sex with um yeah with women um and how to get it and who to get it with um well don't forget there, there's not just that the whole Mexico section there's also the fight about who killed more babies or didn't kill one. <laughs> there's there's also a very weird scene where they're fighting with the cab driver I think he get kicked out of the home they're yeah. they're fighting with each other on the and, we, and then they have like a sort of a knockdown drag out, um, you know, rolling around um, out of their wheelchairs, punching each other um, about who's who's seen more shit than the other. Um, yeah, Elias is not not nearly as chill as he used to be. I mean, he that's where the nuts. head and arm would have been more effective in this movie. So <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, right. They got, would, they've got a good upper body strength. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking get the Tom hips around, good old yeah, head and arm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, they they show him briefly writing a letter to the parents of oh, yeah. um, is it Wilson? Wilson, yeah, Wilson, and then he kind of like crumples it up and throws it out um, while he's in Mexico. So that's another thing that happens. And and quickly we will be um, visiting Private Wilson. So we're back in the U.S. He's on a bus, and then he's in a cab and visiting Private Wilson's tombstone, the, the soldier that he shot. Um, and, then a, and then a kind of moving and terrible scene. Um, to get his conscience free, he feels like he needs to tell 
Wilson's parents and the widow that he yeah. shot. Um, he shot their husband, uh, son. Mm-hmm. And um, parents have empathy. The widow is like, well, I can't forgive you. I hate that line so much. What, the, like, I can't forgive you, but maybe God can? That, that uh, one? or uh, the, yeah, well, What's yeah, done is done. I can't ever forgive you, but maybe the Lord can. And that's the only line that actress has in the entire film. And... Nailed it. I just hate that line so much. It's just so, it always, I've seen this a couple times. I haven't seen it in a long time, but like, you know, I got, it's like somebody's rubbing a cheese grater on my arm. You know, it's just like. Which just uh, an oh, oh, that everything happens for a reason, that the God part of it or the. No, it's just a stupid line. It's just oh, yeah. so dumb. It's, I, I just hate the line. It's. I can't forgive you, Matt. I can't for, he. <laughs> uh, uh, I just hate that line so much. I just, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I just think it's terrible. I, no, yeah, that, that, that's right up there with everything happens for a reason. Um, that, that I, cliches that need to die. Um, and it's the way it's given, the way she gives the line too. It's like, I, I mean, yeah, that, that seemed, I, that seemed to me like a scene that was probably much longer and they cut it, but it, it was so like, whoop, like, well, abrupt. Troy. Cover your yes. ears here. Oh, oh boy. This scene never happened in real life. Oh, oh Jesus. He did write them is, a letter. Is everything alive? Um, the, the letter is real, but uh, this scene is not. So in real life, he was not, <laughs> he did not have to deal with such a terrible line given to him. <laughs> so, yeah. He probably felt it, though. I mean, <laughs> he had it, he, he had it easier then. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting scene. I mean, you know, the, the, the father is going through the long history of the family and how they fought and, you know, we have heroes in every war and we fought in every war. Yeah, that was very, that was very Forrest Gump. Um, We fought and died. Very Lieutenant Dan for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, uh, they think that their son has died some heroic death and here's Tom Cruise to be like, well, actually. Not so much. I'm going to rain on your parade here real quick. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Matt. I don't know if you're giving this, this season, this scene a little more weight than it needs to. Matt, you don't even, you're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. <laughs> Do you even know what Ritalin is, Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, hey, folks, if you haven't, uh, go ahead and look up the... Uh, uh, Tom Cruise, Matt Lauer interview. Um, some good uh, or, or don't some good tasty bits uh, um, directly addressing Matt. Um, so uh, another flash forward, and we're in the yeah. Vietnam Veterans Against the War March in Miami at the Republican National Convention in seventy two. Seventy two, yeah. And so the the vets in real life uh, did the DNC convention, which was also in Miami first, and then did the RNC, and at the DNC. The, he was given credentials, and they were on the floor, and they were speaking with uh, delegates. Um, they, you know, they were not speaking from the uh, lectern, but they, you know, they were kind of mingling around, talking, and making their voices heard about the war at the Democratic convention. Now we're here at the Republican convention. And so um, Matt, uh, doing his archival uh, digging, has, uh, has got us some... No, so this is actual... This is actual uh, footage. Um, actual Kovic. Yeah, of Kovic talking at this, at this uh, scene that's depicted in the movie at the convention. So let's listen to this for a second. 
What did you do? I joined the uh, Marine Corps in 1964, and uh, I felt that I had an obligation to serve my country at the time. I felt that uh, I was really gung-ho. I felt like I was doing the right thing. I was for Goldwater in 64. It's cool. Whoa. And uh, when I went to Nam, it was all in. I began to see uh, napalm babies. I began to see the United States' uh, genocidal policy in Vietnam. The fact that we were murdering civilians and uh, babies. And, uh, and I spent 17 months in the Veterans Administration Hospital. And I saw men who were twisted and crippled by the war, men who had lost their legs and arms, uh, paraplegics, quadriplegics. I saw uh, Nixon cut back $100 million in expenditures to the VA hospital system and uh, completely forget about the veteran who came back from the war. So, yeah, so that was a, a protest that um, the war is... How unpopular is the war uh, at this time and place, Matt? It's unpopular, but it's, like, winding down. I mean, we're in the summer of 72... Peace treaty signed in January, and what six months ish um, after this time. So I mean, so the VA neglect is becoming a symbol of the the sort of the neglect, or just an, the war becoming an afterthought, and something the war, country doesn't want to keep focusing on. They, yeah, they don't want to. I mean, at the convention, you know, Nixon even says something like, um, you know, paraphrasing, uh, "Let's not forget, you know, all those brave men that that." served over there are heroic veterans and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that, of course, it gets the standing ovation, you know, just like it does in any political stump speech, you know, to this day. Um, but here are some veterans that are, you know, have something to say and they're not being listened to. Um, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, so he's, he's raising awareness um, of both the situation in Vietnam and the situation of, the 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 vets at home. Um, can I can I comment again yeah. on the like you mentioned with the pool hall scene? We've we've kind of gone step up pool hall scene to he's against the war. Now we've taken another step to where he's like an active lead, protester, yeah. lead I mean, protester. Yeah. What is what is that, that journey all about? So this this scene brings back that scene with the the pool hall where. He, he shows the first kind of, you know, speaking out against the war just as a, as a person, right? As oh, a, we're talking to the, the World War II vet. Yeah, but, yeah, right, when he's speaking to the World War II vet at the, at the pool hall. Um, so anti-war at that point. Now he is not just anti-war, he is, like, leading protests against the war. But we don't see this transition. The only transition we've had is that he's gone to Mexico and... <laughs> And, you know, gotten really drunk and had some sex. That's the transition. So we don't know. Yeah. I know the movie's already long, but it, it doesn't do a very good job of explaining, like, how these things, like, manifest themselves and, like, how he, how he, these changes happen for him. So, I don't know. Troy, thoughts? Was that just me? No, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh. If that's what you're yeah i'm not i have nothing to say yeah i totally agree you are correct sir yes oh man so yes jones i'm correct you, you i mean you agree yeah i mean no like when I, and I you know i made this point earlier there's there's scenes that um you know his his journey is inherently interesting and i feel like um 
that that could have like like take the Mexico scene out of it, and like or and, or take the confessing to the, I I don't know, but like the the his 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 personal journey is a really interesting one. That's just it's not explained. It's just like boom boom boom. We're yeah. just we check. So in take out like, Mexico and like put in like him. He's at college, uh, being indoctrinated by a Marxist professor. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then um. <laughs> Right, the liberal elite, Black Panthers, getting he's, yeah, 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 sinking their teeth into him. Yeah, and so, no, I think, um, or you know, just experience like you know, talking to more soldiers who their experience with the VA and like, you know, like there, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing more pathetic in the United States than the support, the lack thereof for people that the U.S. decided to send, right or wrong, sent to this war but then not to support those guys, mm-hmm. you know, like, so. It did seem like that brief chat he had with Timmy um, earlier in the film, like, is the first maybe awakening to, you know, something's up. Yeah. So they could have gone down that route a little more anyway. Um, yeah, no. Um, so sort of like, uh, sort of like the Marvel reboot, um, you know, let's try to get to, let's do a, let's do a, a fan sign in. Let's get Oliver Stone to remake. Um you know, this uh, to our liking. So you want to George Lucas it and get some like CGI Ewoks or something going on. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's, that's how you, that's the way you do it. Um, Jar 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 Pinks. Oh yeah. (laughs) Close. Um, they, we see, uh, in, in the, in the, in the film. So they're protesting outside and then he, and you heard some of his actual speech outside and then they kind of crash the convention and yeah. um in real life he did not crash he was you know he was allowed in right and then they they take to the floor and and um um so let's let's hear and that this is depicted in the movie but let's listen to some of the actual uh archival news footage or here we go So Nixon has just announced he's accepting the candidacy right. for the second time. Four more years. Four more years. That's what Matt. As an aside, as inside here, Matt, Richard Nixon, great president or greatest president? Um, that's tough. Um, he's up there. So they're really not trying to give probably the last liberal president. A, a spe- exactly, they're trying to give a speech here as much as they are trying to be disruptive to the. Um, and in the in the film, um, this happened in real life, Matt. They are treated very roughly, um, kind of taken out of taken out of the convention, and um, uh, after they after they crashed it and they violently they attempt to arrest him. Do we know if that happened to them? Uh, I know. I, I'm just concerned about Troy. I didn't know if, you know. Yes, this hi. Is, I'm here. I feel like, you know, I'm telling it like, you know, the Easter bunnies. I'm not there. You know, not, not a thing. Are you going to more of my 
going to spoil it for him? I'm going to spoil it for him. Um, Damn it. Earmuffs. All right. Troy, don't listen to this. Um, the rest okay. of you, the, they, they were kicked out. You know, they were, you know, wheeled out of there fairly quickly. Um, you know, some delegates were kind of shouting them down. In the film they showed, he was kind of spit upon. I don't think there's evidence of that uh, unless I missed it. But um, They were literally wheeled out of there. Right. So. That's why I said, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, um, in the film, the, the, the dude, the vet that is wheeling uh, Kovic uh, kind of pushes him out of the seat and then like arrests him or tries to arrest him. So he's like an undercover cop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in real life, that did not happen at the RNC, but it did happen somewhere else where somebody was undercover pretending to be a vet and uh, arrested him. Um, Damn. He was not arrested at the RNC or, like, beat up, but he was arrested and beat up uh, when he was protesting in front of... It was in Los Angeles. It was in front of the Republican... uh, I'm not sure what exactly. Office. Some office, Republican Party-affiliated office in L.A., uh, and he was arrested there. So I think they're, you know, kind of bringing in a few incidents that did happen in other places and kind of just... And I can accept that if they're yeah. trying to blend. So, but, but so there really was a narc. Um, there, real, there was a real narc, yeah. Um, so the... Uh, one, one of the... In his speech um, in the movie, you know, they... they I, this is a little uh, sort of a histori- historiographical aside, um, nerd out just for two seconds, which is... That's kind of there's one 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 trope about Vietnamese history, um, is that you know the Vietnamese have fought for a thousand years against Chinese, French, American um, imperialism, and yeah. not that that's not true that they that they haven't done that, but there's a sort of generation of scholars who 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 some of which were written during the war as a as a like this is an unwinnable war. Look at mm-hmm. the research and evidence. Uh, maybe like David Marr and others. And then, um, but newer work like Christopher Gosha like talks about how some of those, some of those assumptions made about Vietnam, again, they, they are, those are very sort of Eurocentric, like, like sort of if a tree falls in the forest situation where Vietnam only as, only as a point of resistance, does Mm -hmm. it like, does, you know, is it, is it writing its entire history? And like, um, they're not going to lose just because they're Vietnamese. Yeah, I, the the Vietnamese <laughs> heritage does not make them invincible to loss, right? Or, uh, yeah. invincible. So, and, right. The emphasis on contingency in history that there are there are moments where it could have gone several mm-hmm. directions, and it didn't. It's not. It's not this inevitability of of Vietnamese history. Um, although say that, the same thing about uh, Afghanistan now. Everyone says a similar thing about Afghanistan, right? Right. It's un ungovernable and um, unwinnable. Right. Unwinnable. Um, Alexander and, the Great, and Soviet Union, right? United exactly, States. and 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 it's not that there aren't kernels of truth to some of those some of those tropes, but they um they serve a they serve a they they serve a purpose, and I think it's we're now getting to a point where um you know there there are other emphases in in Vietnamese history that and and turning points that um that that moved and motivated it um so yeah the 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 film then jumps again to we're to 1976 and we're now 
Um, uh, did you like that uh, Newman um, from Seinfeld? Uh, Newman make Newman makes his uh, makes his appearance. This is pre Jurassic Park. Yeah, this is. He's also in uh, Oliver Stone's Nixon, and he's also in yes. Oliver Stone's JFK. Yeah. Okay. There's nice. a there's a real Seinfeld cast. We've got the Wiz. Oh, that's yeah. So we only we only review <laughs> we only review Vietnam War movies through film that have uh, a Seinfeld tie-in. Some yeah, some tangential relationship. That's your Rob Schneider of of the movie of the <laughs> compared to the uh, Adam Sandler. This is your. <laughs> Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> exactly, got to have it. He's the animating principal. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, and then um, we we have mom's flashback. Like, I remember Ronnie. I had a dream that Ronnie was speaking to a large crowd of very important people, saying really great things. Right. Um, mom was right. Mom would have hated what he's saying. Well, they never tie up the relationship with the parents. So we don't see them before he goes to Mexico. We, you know, that's the last time we see them. He ins- she has rules, Matt. You don't say penis in this house. And he refuses to not say penis in this house. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, lo- I love how um, it reminds me, like, like, flash forward to a 2021 household, you know, I, teenagers. Like, like, if penis is the worst thing you hear in your house, <laughs> like, you're doing okay. Like. that's actually like (laughs) calm. This is like Tipper Gore kind of a parental advisory warning. Like just really losing it over the. Yeah. Frank Zappa is not happy with you. (laughs) Tipper. (laughs) And so, yeah. Um, but he, he's not going to abide by those rules. He can't. Um, Frank Zappa said penis a lot too. (laughs) And many other worse things. (laughs) Um, all right. I think we covered that. Is it about that time? I think it's I think it's about that time. Book of the week. <laughs> Book of the week, Troy. Yes, so you it can is. See that there in the in the in the camera. Wow, there we go. New oh, winter, winter soldiers, soldiers, GI and veteran descent during the Vietnam era. Richard Moser. Um, I read that way back when, when I was an undergrad in a Vietnam War course, and so. I guess that might give a hint that it's not super new. 1996. Just to me, it doesn't sound old, but it might be old. Um, so this is, uh, if we're thinking about our historiography about the war, you know, kind of during and in the immediate aftermath of the war, you know, you might have like uh, Fitzgerald's uh, Fire in the Lake or George Herring, America's Longest War, which was first published in, I think, 79, you know, and others that are um, more, more, Critical of U.S. involvement in Vietnam. Once you get to late seventies, into the early eighties, into the into the Reagan, into the Bush era, um, you have kind of the revisionist histories that start to come out that start talking about war is is kind of this, um, you know, a different sort of memory about the war. Maybe the war, the quote unquote lost cause, almost sort of thing, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so. This book is kind of in the wave after that. Um, so, th- so this book is going to be kind of cr- critical of those ideas that, um, you know, if only we, you know, were allowed to win the war, we would have won it. This book is coming at it from that perspective. So it is um, talking about veterans and protesting at home 
protesting in Vietnam. Um, it's interesting because it, you know, has a section talking about protests specifically in Vietnam. So you have, you know, discussion of soldiers um, going on anti-war marches like in Saigon, U.S. soldiers. Um, um, you have section on, you know, resistance, of course, um, at home, Vietnam veterans against the war. Uh, Kovic is, you know, featured in the book. Uh, and, you know, very famously, probably the most famous that most of you all know is uh, John Kerry. Um, and he famously spoke in front of uh, Congress in 1971. Yeah, let's take a listen. Each day to facilitate the process by which the United States washes her hands of Vietnam, someone has to give up his life so that the United States doesn't have to admit something that the entire world already knows so that we can't say that we've made a mistake. Someone has to die so that President Nixon won't be, and these are his words, the first president to lose a war. And we are asking Americans to think about that. Because how do you ask a man to be the last man to die in Vietnam? How do you ask a man to be the last man to die for a mistake? We are here to ask, and we're here to ask vehemently, where are the leaders of our country? Where is the leadership? We're here to ask where are McNamara, Barstow, Bundy, Gilpatrick, and so many others where are they now that we, the men whom they sent off to war, have returned? These are commanders who have deserted their troops. And there is no more serious crime in the law of war. The Army says they never leave their wounded. The Marines say they after. never leave even their dead. These men have I left about all that. the casualties yeah, calling and retreated behind the a pious shield of public rectitude. They've left the real stuff of their reputation. Yeah, so that's uh, an excerpt from Kerry. Bleaching behind them um, in the sun in this country. Moser talks in the book about, you know, this idea of a citizen soldier. So a citizen soldier would be looking back historically at, you know, like a Revolutionary War Minutemen or um, uh, maybe an armed fugitive slave during the Civil War era. You know, it's those citizens that maybe fought in conventional wars, but also could be against wars that they felt were unjust. Um, and he sort of juxtaposes those, those ideas with the frontier era, you know, the occupation and annexation of the West and the, uh, you know, Philippines, etc. cetera. Um, and so he, he sees the uh, Vietnam veteran as sort of connected with that idea of the citizen soldier. So an anti-war Vietnam veteran um, sort of is coming down that, you know, historical, you know, tree, if you will, as opposed to those other ones. So it's interesting. Um, and, yeah, check out New, New Winter Soldiers, um, GI and veteran descent during the Vietnam era. Uh, Richard Moser. It's a book of the week. Well, we got to get to our last segment, and uh, we got to we got to rate this thing based on, of course, the Vietnamese currency, the dong. Um, how many? How many? Let's go first with uh, over to Wyoming, Troy. How many dong are you giving this uh, or on the Fourth of July? I am giving it seven point five dong. Oh, I like. I just like the whole. It's it breaks everything down from him growing up and how he, you know, his, uh, 
how he's brought up, goes into the war, goes after the war. I, it's, it's, it covers all grounds. It made me feel uncomfortable, which is a good thing. I mean, it was just all around. I, I was into the whole movie. I mean, it, it dragged a little bit during the protests, but uh, overall, I think it was a great movie. 7.5. Okay, Matt, what are you looking at? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I, I, I agree overall. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outdo you slightly. I'm going to go 7.75. <laughs> we need to really lock in these ratings. So, <laughs> Price um, is right style. I, I think the acting from, from Tom Cruise, I think, is, as I said, I think it's really good. Um, he was nominated for Best Actor, as I mentioned, for this. Um, and, you know, I think he probably deserved that nomination. Um, so he does a real nice job. Some of the other acting is maybe some hit and miss. Um, um, Elias, um, now bl- who's the actor's name? I'm blanking on that. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. Oh, Will- uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's real good. Uh, and you know the story is a is a good one, and I think it tells. You know, this is 1989. This is coming on the heels of several Vietnam movies that. We've talked about some that we even haven't, um, where that are really focusing on the perspective of the war in Vietnam, the soldier, the you know day, daily grind of being a soldier in Vietnam, and the tragedy that's associated with that. And this is looking at a, for the most part, a totally different aspect of it. Um, we saw a bit of it in Coming Home. Coming Home is more interested in um, the love story and yeah. Uh, and and so Vietnam is, no, I guess it's a not, backdrop. Yeah, for it's the love story. not that it's peripheral, but it's it's not quite as central to the story as it is here. And um, yeah, so I think it's it's good. It's well done. I'll go seven point seven five. Yeah, I um, you know, this was really well acted. I mean the 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 perform. I mean, I'm I'm, I don't like to. Appreciate Tom Cruise, but he does he does a great job in in this movie, and a lot of the a lot of the roles are really really well done in it. Um, you can tell it's based in a lived experience. Some of the some of the truthfulness of um, the the some of the scenes how they're framed, and you can tell that this is an actual um, memory or an experience. Um, and uh, you know the 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 scenes in the hospital were just so. Yeah, moving and terrible and like, but just um, I don't know, like his powerful um stuff. I'm gonna give it an eight, you guys. Um, yeah. So this is uh, even more than the losers. I'm gonna give even more than USS Christmas. Whoa. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb, and we're gonna give uh, Born on the Fourth of July um eight. But um. Yeah, well, uh, we have uh, we've gone on long enough, but this is uh, if you uh, if listeners want to get at us, Matt, and want to uh, suggest movies, want to want to give us some, um, going to give us some shout outs. Uh, where should they hit us up on social medias? Hit us up at Napalm Podcast. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July won a fan poll uh, taken semi recently, uh, and so right. that's that's why we covered it here and. So, you know, look for a poll. Maybe I'll put one up. Look yeah. for, or just put it, you know, hit me up with a request. You, know, you can just, uh, whatever you're liking. We've got some things brewing, but uh, we've got other things that are not brewing. And you could maybe bring them to our attention. 
bring those to the front burner from the back burner. Yeah. Um, and uh, as always, you know what? Just hit hit that like button. I mean, you know, you want to just hit that like button. Give us that five star five review. We don't want if you're going to do four, just don't bother. I mean, <laughs> just hit five or hit nothing. So. And I recently heard that if you're going to review, like it's leave like a sentence because the algorithm picks up like. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, be thoughtful in your uh, critique and be non-critical in your critique. Be positive. <laughs> and we we have uh, and we have good news to share. We're 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 number two in the <laughs> Vietnam War genre podcasting. So coming after you, Washington Post, number one. Um, Wapo is going down. Yeah. So um, I know it's I know it's number one in in Troy's living room. Um, doesn't get any higher than this. I think straight. I think it's just mostly Troy's plays, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, just we, has it on a loop continuously. Troy has a Russian bot that he's enlisted to uh, um, hit hit play and like. Um, I do like its chatter. Um, that 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 Twitter bot you need to dial in. But um, well, uh, hey, listen, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you guys again soon for another episode of A Palm in the Morning. Later. I love the smell of great pump in the morning. Did you first I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. A Palm in the Morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.